So turn with me there. Write down, of course, what's the second attitude? Repentance. But what we're going to do is just circle back. I want to give you a scripture of reference on the first one dealing with humility. Now, it says here in Luke 18, beginning in verse 10. If you have whatever translation you have, just start with 10. And it says this in the message because you have to understand this. Going to church will not save you. Come on now. You know what? Can I say this? Reading your Bible will not save you. This is truth, all right? Praying, now hold on, listen to what I'm saying. Praying will not save you. You know what will? Having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will save you. Many people say, I read my Bible. Many say, I even go to church. Many say, I even pray. But you see, they can do all of that. But until you say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, right? Come on. Come into my heart, right, and accept him as your personal Savior and Lord. We don't have a relationship with him. Okay, we can know about him, you see, but not have a relationship. Well, let's take a look. Listen to this. This is beginning in, in Luke chapter 18, verse 10. The message says, two men went up to the temple to pray. Say pray. One Pharisee and the other a tax man. The Pharisee poised and prayed like this. So here he is. Imagine the Pharisee saying, okay, everybody's watching. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And then he postures himself and he prays because he wants what? People to see what he's doing. Notice what it says here. All right. Oh, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven bid like this tax man. I fast twice a week. I tithe on all my income. Meanwhile, the tax man slumped over in the shadows. Notice his posture. His face is in his hands, not daring to even look up and said, God, give mercy. Forgive me, a sinner. Wow. And then Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other man, went home, made right with God. Who went home and was made right with God? Wow. And this is what it says here. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you listen, but if you're content to be simply, listen, yourself, you will become more than yourself. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you something. We have to learn to humble ourselves. Everybody say humble. Well, the second is repentance. Let's go to verse four. Verse four of Matthew five. Turn there. Go back. Just a few. Notice this. Luke, go just turn back because we held your place there. You can just go there. But blessed are those. Say bless. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, this is talking about, this is a godly sorrow that produces repentance that leads to salvation. You know, there's times people say, okay, I mean, have you ever prayed with someone before? And you say, hey, you know, I just want to talk to you about the Lord. And they go through the motions. And they pray. They say, I'm just going to pray so I can get this guy away from me. Now you say, does that happen? It happens. You see, there was no godly, there's no godly sorrow leading to repentance. It's like, come on, man. So, if, so the only way that I'm going to get rid of this guy who keeps talking to me about Jesus, I'm just going to go ahead and do what he says. I'm just going to pray. But there's no godly sorrow. You see, there's no true repentance. If I say true repentance, turn to Psalms 51. Psalms 51, verse 4. We have to have a true repentance. We have to have a godly sorrow that affects a person, like I said this way, down into their soul. Down into their very soul. The message says in Psalms 51, 4, God, you're the one I violated. You've seen it all, seen the full extent of my evil. 
You have all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair. Wow. That's saying, God, I need help. That's all it's saying. God, I need help. I can't do this on my own. I'm repenting. Lord, I need you in my life. Because, listen, if my life were saying, Lord, could be better, it would have already been better on my own. And it is a mess right now. Repentance. Everybody say repentance. How about this? Write this down. First John. First John is a great, great reference. Chapter 1, verse 9. You've read it before. And I'm going to read uh, from, write this down, the HCSB Bible. And it says here, notice this, 1 John 1, 9. Say, I found it. We've got one or two. Come on, let's get there. All right, here we go. All right, 1 John 1, 9. Listen, it says, if. Everybody say, if. Yeah. Now, what is that word? What type of word is that, if? It is a what type of word? Conditional. Uh-oh. So now, as soon as we, re- we hear the word if, it's a conditional word, and it says, if we confess our sins. Notice, if we confess them. Well, what if we don't confess them? See? So if we confess our sins, who's faithful? He is. He is faithful and righteous, guess what? To forgive us, to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God can do it. We have to let him do it. Say, God can. I will. Here's the third attitude. Are you ready? Man, we need an attitude of teachability. Teachability. Woo, man, you say, man, is that a word? Well, if it's not, we just made it up. But there it is. Teachability. All right, here it is. Go to verse 5. Back to Matthew. Remember, we're staying at Matthew chapter 5. That's going to be where our highlights from the scriptures. We need, I need an attitude of teachability. Maybe you've been around people. I know when I grew up, man, I grew up, keep in mind, in a single-parent home. And I shared this before. I grew up. I didn't have a father figure in the home. And, uh, you know, I acted up. You know what I mean by acted up? Man, I was just cutting up. You know what I mean by cutting up? But if you don't know that, then I can't tell you. Can you see what I'm saying? But evidently, I was a mess. Man, I wouldn't listen. If you were an adult, you couldn't tell me anything. That's just the way I was. I had a run-in with an adult. And I tell you what, you know, she worked in the Boys and Girls Club. I grew up in the Boys and Girls Club, and they were telling me what I had to do. You got to do this. You got to do that. Put this away. Put that away. Man, I said something. I don't even remember what I said, but it wasn't good. Listen to me. It wasn't good. I can tell you that much. Because, whoo, I got in trouble, okay? But still, again, I didn't listen. And it was almost like, you know, have you ever had a face-to-face encounter? Now, young people, let me talk to you. A face-to-face encounter with an adult? Woo, you know? Man, so guess what? I got booted out the boys' club for a temporary period of time. I had to humble myself so I can get back in, you know what I'm saying? But I did. But let me tell you something. You know what's so funny? What I didn't realize is, and I didn't know this until today, I mean, as, as I, I know today, but then let me just say this, what I mean for you to know today is that I, when I gave my heart, that was in, well, that was in high school. I probably wasn't even in high school. Mm. But let me tell you, when I was in college, my junior year in college, I'm like, okay, Lord, I surrender all to you. So I went to church. When I went to church, they had, of course, at the end of service, those who wanted to come forward and give their heart to the Lord had an altar call, so I get up. Well, I get up and I go down to the altar and I'm kneeling at the altar and I'm on my knees and I'm praying because I know I need God. I am, whoa, at this point, I mean, I'm on a college campus. I'm doing my thing. You know, I'm thinking I'm Mr. Hotshot and all this other stuff. Oh, it was just a mess. Are you listening? So someone came and next thing I know, they're praying with me, put their hand on my back and they're praying for me. Well, I appreciated that because I needed prayer. 
But what I didn't know, it was that same woman, the same woman that was at, listen, the Boys and Girls Club that I got up and told her what I thought about her. Isn't that something? How God does these things. It's, it's amazing. I'm like, Lord, how? I don't know how he does it, but I was glad. Let me say I was glad. All right? So what we have to do is be teachable. Say teachable. Notice it says here in verse 5. I gave you plenty of time to find it. Verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, most people seem to think, listen to this, that meek means weak. Meek does not mean weak. Most people think that. No, the word meek is a, is a picture of this, power under control. Yeah. A person who is meek is a person who has power, but is under control. Now, you can have somebody that have all this power, and they're not meek, they're out of control. You see? And that's not, that's not the case here, so understand this. And here's the life, let me share this with you. When someone is talking about being meek, this person is talking about those who live a life, listen to this, who's been brought under the influence of the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, God, I give you control of my life. That's a meek person. The Bible talked about Moses, right? Moses being meek. So that doesn't mean he was wimpy. He wasn't wimpy, but he had power, and that power was under control because his life, listen, he gave control to God. And when we give control of our lives to God, listen, we are not weak. You are not meek. And that's what happens a lot of times. I don't want to be a Christian because if I'm a Christian, that means people are going to think I'm soft. Come on now. Can I talk to you? They're going to think, oh, man, you know, I'm not really a man or, or I'm, I'm just this and that. I'm just whatever, whatever. That's not true. You listen, when you have a spirit that is meek, you're saying, listen, there's power, but it's under control. Don't mess with me and my God. That's what you're saying. You see, that's what you're telling. Listen, watch out now, because just because appearance may be one thing. But when you know who you are in Christ and you know you have a relationship with God, you know that all heaven backs you up. Man, listen, you can still be, have power, but you have to be under control. Oh, I love that. Say teachable. Here's a fourth one. Man, do we need an attitude of righteousness. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us, right? Notice what it says in verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do you see it? What does it say? They might be filled. All right, it says what? They shall be filled, all right? So let me, say this, let me say this with you. When something is sinful, listen, let's just call it sin. Can we do that? Is that all right? When something is sinful, let's call it sin. You know, I think what happens a lot of times is this, that we don't want to do that. You know, we try to make up excuses and things of that nature, but let's not do that. Go, go, to, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32, and we're not passing judgment. We're just saying if something is wrong, it's wrong. If something is right, it's right. That's it. All right, because then what happens is if we uh, have a desire for God to help us in our lives and we're going to go to God, we're going to ask God to what? To forgive us of our sins. You know, it, we make it harder than what it is. Now, notice this in Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32 in the Old Testament, beginning in verse 3, verse 4. Again, many of you have different translations, and I love that I'm hearing the pages flipping. Man, that makes me so happy. I'm excited about that. And I'm going to be reading from the HCSB translation. Now, this is what it says. Remember, I'm reading this on this pretense. We're talking about an attitude of righteousness. Are you with me? Notice what it says. I will proclaim the Lord's name. Declare the greatness of our God, the rock. His work is perfect. 
All his ways are entirely just. A faithful God without prejudice. He is righteous and true. That's who God is. You see? And so what happens is this. When you and I give our hearts to the Lord, there is an ex- a great exchange that takes place. He forgives us of our sins. He cleanses us. Listen, of all, listen, of our unrighteousness, if you can say, say this. Now, guess what? His righteousness now becomes our righteousness. And you become right standing, listen, in God. Not in ourselves. Everybody say, not in myself. All right, let's go hit number five. Attitude number five. Everybody say, be about it. Be Be attitudes, be about it. We need an attitude of mercy. Oh, man, you know what people say? Man, yeah, yeah, mercy, that sounds good. But listen, when you really need mercy, you are so thankful. Lord, thank you for mercy. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Lord, for mercy. Especially, I guess, you know, as far as young people, you know, our parents, you know, they're trying to help us to do the right thing. And sometimes coming up, we're thinking like, man, I don't want to hear that right now. Or I'm not going to help from my young people over here. See what I'm saying? <laughs> they're like looking straight up. Thank you. They're looking straight up. Oh, man. I don't want to be like, I'm guilty. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want, I'm not trying to hear that right now. You know what I'm talking about. But, man, I tell you what. Then you do something that you know you weren't supposed to do, and you know the consequences of what you did. Come on now. And I already told you, if you do this, this is what's going to happen, and you do it anyway. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, have mercy. Have mercy. But that still means, that, listen, I don't want the crime, the crime I did. I don't want to fit the punishment. I just want a break. Give me a break. Come on now. Think about it. In other words, we're asking for mercy. But guess what? Now listen, we need to have an attitude of mercy. Because when you need mercy, come on, don't you want it from the Lord to be merciful to you? How about other people? Wow. Well, let's continue to go on. Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful because they will be shown mercy. I like that. Let me say it this way. Forgiveness and mercy, listen, are what God demonstrates, say God. So we see forgiveness and we see mercy. This is what God demonstrates, listen, to the undeserving, this is so important, to the undeserving sinner. Listen, if you have given your heart to the Lord and before you came to God, God extended his mercy to you. God extended his mercy to me. Come on now, I didn't deserve it. Say I didn't deserve it. All right, let's go on. Let's then let's go look at this, uh, something else. I want you to understand this. This is important. That the manner, say this manner. The manner in which you forgive people is the manner in which you will be forgiven. This is mercy. I'm still talking about mercy. People say, man, I just want someone to, I just want someone to have mercy. I just need, you know, or like sometimes, and I know it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but how about, you know, we study and we're taking exams and stuff and we want to do our best. I know in college, I was like, Lord, I need mercy. Mercy helped me pass this test. You know what I'm saying? You know, and sometimes because, you know, I didn't study like I was supposed to. Okay. All right, then. I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to hit somebody. And, you know, something, and you know what happens when you take a rock and you throw the rock and boom, you throw it, you know, and it hits someone, whoever, you know, yells the loudest, guess what? Boom, that's the person to hit. All right? So it's gonna, we're going to get there. Boom, I'm going to throw some more rocks. All right? Listen, and forgive us. This is, listen, Matthew 6, 12. Matthew 6, 12, listen to this. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Man, I have to. If I want to be forgiven, man, I ought to and I need to. And I like to say it this way. I better 
forgive. Say forgive. forgive. Listen to this quote. John Wesley. How many have ever heard of John Wesley before? Okay. John Wesley visited the governor of the colony of Georgia. The governor mentioned an incident involving a man who had angered him and remarked, I shall never forgive him. Wesley responded, then I hope, sir, that you never sin. Wow. Amazing. Number six. We need an attitude of purity. Be about it. The Beatitudes. We need an attitude of purity. Verse 8 of Matthew 5. Listen to what it says here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure in heart. Well, now here is the beatitude which demands, and listen to this, that we should stop and examine ourselves. Now, is that easy? Come on, be honest with me. Is that easy for us to just stop and examine ourselves? Why is that? Is it kind of hard? Is it kind of tough to just examine ourselves? So somebody give me some pointers, and I'm going to throw the football to you, and I promise I'm not going to throw it hard. This says Dallas Cowboys. You know, I read a, a, a Twitter the other day, and it said the two most hated teams are the two teams that I like. Why is that? The Patriots and the Cowboys. Do y'all believe that? I thought Dallas was supposed to be America's team. Is that your team? Ooh, nope. Well, you can still catch the ball, all right, even though you don't like Dallas. Okay, listen. Examine ourselves. Wow. Why is it hard to examine ourselves? Somebody want to help me with that? Help us with that? What would you say? What's what, what? I mean, a word or two words or anything, what would you say? Why is it hard? What's that? Oh, it can be painful. All right, can I throw you this ball? I don't want it to be painful. <laughs> you ready? Okay, I throw it up here. Boom, throw it back. It can be what? Painful. painful. All right, something else. Yes. Oh, we have to change. All right? Now, everybody around you, you may have to change positions and move <laughs> around, but we can still change. We have to change. Are you ready? You got your hands folded. There she go. Oh, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Look at that. I'm going to get to John Mark. I'm going to work my way back to John Mark. Okay. Anyways, somebody give me one more. One more thought. One more thought. Honest. Can I toss you the ball? I'm going to toss it to you. Here we go. There it is. Oh, look at that. Oh, man. Oh, look at that. Two hands. Two hands. What is this, basketball? What's going on here? Okay. Listen to this. This, this, what we're calling, this beatitude could be translated as this. Listen. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who is genuine in heart, who is authentic, who's not a phony. Wow. Come on now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who's not a phony? Because such a man will see God. Come on now. You know what I'm saying this morning? Man, let's take the mask off, okay? Can we do it? Let's just take the mask off. Man, let's stop. Let's quit being phony because people can see it anyways. You know what I'm saying? Man, let's be real. Let's quit pretending to be a person that we're not. You know, isn't that true? And let's start being honest to God. Say, God, I'm just going to start. This is a new year. Listen, it's not too late. Even though we're in February, it is still, listen, not too late. Just to say, God, here I am. I am going to be real to you. So that way, if I'm real to you, then I'm going to be seen and appear real to, to everybody around me. Let's be honest. There's nothing like someone who's honest. You know why? Because you can trust them. Right? Someone who's honest and you bring something to them and say, hey, man, I want to share this with you. 
And I don't want you to share it with anybody else. And because you know that their integrity and that they're honest. And listen, they're not full of themselves. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about? And they can keep it. And some of you ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Like you have a girlfriend. And that girlfriend's like, oh, you know. Oh, that's, you know, I have a girlfriend. And I know I can share with her any and everything. You know, guys should say, hey, that's my boy. You know what I'm saying? I can share anything with him. And I know he'll keep it. You see? These are things you have to understand. Look with me, 2 Timothy. A few more minutes. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 22, these are things that we have to be understand. Let's just be real. We're not, listen, we're not fooling God and we're not fooling others. I think, you know what it is? We're just fooling ourselves is what it comes down to, right? Because we know, but listen to what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Again, this translation is really good. That's why I'm reading from it. And it again is the HCSB. It says, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Man, we should call on the Lord from what kind of a heart? A pure heart. So if we're not calling, calling on the Lord from a pure heart, then we're not being honest, are we? No, we're just, we're pretending. You know, how many, you heard that song, you know, I mean, basically you know, going through the motions that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go through the motions. You know what I'm I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to waste my time because here's the thing. At the end of it all, See, we may seem like everything is cool now, but at the end of it all, when we're going through all these motions, man, it's going to show up. And we're going to go, what happened? Because we weren't real. Say real. All right, let me give you just a couple more. Seven. We need an attitude of peace. Listen, of peacemaking. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. An attitude of peacemaking. Verse 9 says this of Matthew 5. Blessed. Say blessed. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Can I say this to you? Write this down. God wants us to be peacemakers, not peacebreakers. He doesn't want us to go around, listen, and not extending peace and causing havoc and causing problems. Say, listen, I'm a peacemaker, not a peacebreaker. All right, so here it is. You know what he wants? Can I tell you what he wants? He wants you and I to be part of the solution and not the problem. You see, because someone who is not a peacemaker is part of the what? Problem. But someone who is a peacemaker is part of the solution. Praise God. And every one of us can be part of the solution. When we see a difficult thing, when we see something happening around us, man, let's not just stand back and act like, oh, it's not a big deal. What we need to do, everybody say, say, peacemaker. That's who I am. Say that again. That's who I am. Okay. Oh, can I tell you about people in this world? There's two kinds. Are you ready? Write this down because I may be talking about you. Oh, let me go on this side. Are you ready? There's two kinds of people in this world, a thermostat and a thermometer. Now, let's see if we're talking about you. Come on now. Now, listen, stay with me, right? Now, listen, people, listen, thermostat people and a thermometer people. What does a thermometer do? A thermometer reflects the climate of the room. If the room is cold, what? It says what? It's cold. Are you with me? If the room is hot, it says what? It's hot. That's what a thermometer does. What does a thermostat do? Ah, see? So here we are. Am I going to be part of the problem or am I going to be part of the solution? So if I'm a thermostat, then listen, I can change the climate of the room. And if you are a peacemaker, you know, have you ever walked in a situation? It's kind of like, like having fish for dinner, frying fish, or you can even bake it. 
I don't like the smell. I'm just telling you that right now. Now, I like the fish, but I don't like the smell. But how many know that may could be a day or two after? You walk right in the room, go to somebody's house to visit and say, oh, y'all having fish today? No. <laughs> what do you mean we're having fish? I smell fish. Oh, that was two days ago. Right? It's still where? It's still in the atmosphere. Do you know that also when you walk among, how many, how many have ever walked into a conversation where it was heated between two other people? And here as you walk right into it, and you had an opportunity to be what? The thermostat or the, which one did you choose? See, you know. Come on now. <laughs> because here's what happens. We can sit up there and do what? We can do what? What does, what does the thermometer do? Not a thermostat. What does the thermometer do? A thermometer does what? I'm in the environment. I'm in the environment. That's I'm, walk, I'm, I'm working with you now. I'm in, I'm in this environment. If, I'm a, if I am a what? Thermostat, all I'm doing is doing what? I can tell what? I'm saying there's a problem here. I see the problem. But if I am what? A thermometer. What happens? Did you get the right back? Is he right or wrong? Look at, oh, let me go back and get it. A thermostat can change the climate of the room. So if you're a thermostat, what are you saying? A thermostat says, listen, see that on the wall? You guys say, hey, pastor, it's, it's, it's hot in here. You say, hey, go change it. What does I do? I change it. What does a thermometer do? A thermometer. That's all right. Okay, this is thermometer, and this is a thermostat. What does a thermometer, thermometer do? Oh, y'all are so awesome. Then what does a thermostat do? Oh, wow. Come on, somebody. <laughs> what does a peacemaker do? And that peacemaker is a? Oh, come on now. See? Let's go on. I can go on to the next attitude. Okay, here we go. Attitude number eight. We just got one more after this. We need an attitude of endurance. Everybody say endurance. endurance. In other words, don't give up, right? Listen, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Listen, folks, you and I know, you know, man, I've lived, I mean, I've lived so many odd years and 50-something years in this world, and I know this, that you can be criticized for doing the right thing. You can be criticized, listen, for doing the wrong thing, or you can just be criticized. You don't have to do nothing. You can still be criticized. Right. So what should we do? What kind of attitude should we have? You know, because a lot of times what happens is, that, oh, man, they're picking on me. Come on now. And then we go back and we start crying. Right. We start pouting. And then all of a sudden we say, I just quit. I'm just going to give up. Why? Because the devil's picking on me. Well, what is he supposed to do? OK. And also the enemy will use people. To do what? To pick on you. We have to learn how to endure. We have to have endurance. It's just like someone who runs a marathon. I know Russ runs and other people run in here. I mean, you have to have endurance. Now, I can tell you when I ran track, you know, I was a sprinter. And that means that's just boom, that's it. You know, 100 yards, 110 yards, here's the starting line, here's the finish line. Let's be about it. That's it. Then it's almost some, hey, let's go ahead and run a mile. You're not talking to me. You're not talking to me. Anything over 220, that was it. See? That's because my speed started slowing down. My legs started feeling like rubber. You see what I'm saying? That's all I got. 
So all I'm saying is this, but we have to learn, like when you're, listen, it's not a sprint. This is a marathon. The life that we're living in Christ, just because someone doesn't like you, just because someone talks about you, that's not time for us to quit, pack our bags, or take our games and say, listen, I don't want to play no more. No, that's saying, you know, I need to learn how to endure. God's got my back. Right? And we also see, we talk, listen, we talk about it, but we got to what? Be about it. The Beatitudes, we have to allow the Beatitudes to, listen, to give them place in our lives. Notice what it says here in Matthew chapter 5, 10. Again, blessed are those who are persecuted. Now listen, isn't that something? The Bible says that when you're persecuted, you're blessed. How many feel that way? Come on, be honest. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand all this, and we may not understand it, but this is what the Scripture says. Blessed are those who are persecuted for, listen, for righteousness or for righteousness' sake. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of God. Are you with me? All right, let's look at number nine. It's the last one. We need an attitude of faithfulness. Let's not just talk about it. Let's be about it. An attitude of faithfulness. Go with me to Matthew chapter five. And let's look at a couple of verses, 11 and 12. Are you there? We need an attitude of faithfulness. Say faithfulness. The New King James Version says this. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. Are you kidding me? You mean if someone persecutes me, I'm blessed? Well, listen, I'm not going by what the Bible says. Blessed are you when you, listen, when they revile, when they persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Wow. There goes another Christian. And then they begin to add things like this and this and this. That's okay. You just keep being a Christian. You just keep being a believer. Are you with me? It says, then it says, listen, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Man, this is so powerful. What am I saying? You are going to be attacked for your faith. You are going to be talked about for your faith. So guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to quit. We're going to endure to the end. You understand what I'm saying? Man, we started out in this race, and we're going to finish. Everybody say finish. Finish. What I'm saying simply is this, right? Committed people stay committed. You can't tell someone I'm committed, and then you don't stay committed. Faithful people stay what? Faithful. We can't tell someone I'm faithful, and we don't stay faithful. You see, and if we're going to be faithful to God, we're saying, God, I'm faithful. You're faithful to me. I'm going to be faithful to you. Then, hey, let's be about it. Let's no longer talk about it. Man, let's be about it and what God is saying in his word. Are you with me? Here's another thought, and I'll finish here. Matthew 25. Let's finish. We're talking about being faithful. This is where we're going to finish. We've been reading in Matthew 25, and this is a parable we haven't gotten to yet, and we may. But I just want to go ahead and just share this briefly, and then we'll close. Because this talks about two servants who were faithful. Listen, and this is what the master said to them. There was actually three. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a parable of a group. Everybody say a group. So imagine here there's three servants who were given a certain amount of money. And I want you to try, if you can with me, picture yourself as one of the servants. Can you do that with me? And, And as you do that, understand this, that the master went off on a journey. But when he returned, 
there was a day of accountability. Wow. Two of the servants were faithful. And this is what the master said to them. Matthew 25, 23. Well done. Say that with me. Well done. Wow. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Man, I love that. You know what it's saying? That your faithfulness, my faithfulness, shows my character. If I'm faithful, it shows my character. It shows that I, that I can be counted on. I Listen, I can, I'm committed. That means I give my word. And what happens? I keep it. You see? This is why it's so important to understand what we're talking about here, these, the, the Beatitudes. And Jesus sat and he's teaching and he's talking. It wasn't just lip service. This was so important. And he has this whole crowd of people and he's watching, listen, and he's looking at them and he says, I want to share these things with you. And as he's sitting on the mount and he's talking to them about the Beatitudes and, and how we should conduct ourselves in life. Man, it's our responsibility to not just talk about it, but to be about it. Will you stand up? I want to pray. And I want us to pray and I want us to have this in our, in our minds. And I want us to realize that Jesus was found faithful. How many believe that, that Jesus was found faithful? And, and understand this, Jesus was found faithful because what I want you to, to see here as we close, I want you to, to go with me to the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. And I want you to begin to see that here Jesus is praying. And he's praying to the Father. And you know what? All of humanity, listen, all of humanity, if you will, Listen, well, it, it'll determine on what Jesus does at this moment on which way humanity goes. Jesus said to the Father, remove this cup from me. And in other words, Father, if there's any possible way to remove this cup of suffering, remove it. But the last thing he said, though, which really blessed me, is saying, but Father, not my will. Oh, but your will be done. And I'm saying to all of us this morning, Jesus was faithful. And because he was faithful to us, man, let's be faithful to him. Let's be faithful to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We give you all of